you are so scared of going to hell that you don't realize you're creating a hell for yourself right now. You're so scared of the devil trying to convince you to do bad things that you don't realize that the reason why you're stuck and the reason why you do bad things is because you lack awareness and you prioritize your comfort over enlightenment. You're not willing to sit through that discomfort long enough to really understand something and come to learn something new. We're focused on the wrong thing. God does have laws. The universe does have laws. You're not going to burn for eternity if you don't follow them, but you sure as hell won't progress. Last night I had an epiphany and funnily enough it came to me while I was taking a shite. It's just how it is. I feel like there's two kinds of shites. There's either the shite that is mindless, maybe even a struggle shite. You're scrolling on your phone and your brain is just completely turned off. And then there are the other shites where you sit there and you go, what is life? What am I? It's kind of like shower thoughts, but like shite thoughts. But the thought that I thunk while taking this shite, guys, I'm sorry. That <laughs> Everybody poops, okay? Shut up. Um, <laughs> the thought that I had was not shite. It was actually pretty freaking cool. And I want to share it with you because it is a connection that I made that I think is going to help find, it's going to help, uh, it's going to help me at least find common ground with Christians. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, it'll it'll help me find common ground with open-minded Christians because, man, and I really hope it helps other people too. If I'm very curious to know what types of people listen to this podcast because I feel like the likelihood of uh, religious people listening to this podcast and actually enjoying it is probably very low just because of the nature of religion and my podcast. But I really hope that there are at least some people that can sit through an episode and actually think about the things that I'm talking about and maybe question their beliefs because this podcast helps me question my beliefs too. It's not just, oh, I'm trying to get religious people to question their beliefs. It's, no, I want every single person that listens to this to stop for a moment and question deeply. That's all I want. It just so happens that I grew up very religious. I grew up in a religious household, and now I am not religious. So I've come from one thing, and now I am moving in another direction. But speaking of another direction, the thought that I had last night was, I think, profound enough to share on this podcast and even more so profound enough to possibly bridge the gap between 
philosophy, possibly even atheism, and religion or a uh, deity-based religion. So what was the thought? Well, first, we have to rewind to when I was still going to church back in my favorite time of my life where I was going to church every single Sunday learning the same thing about the same stuff every single Sunday, just in a different way. And back in this time in my life when I was ashamed of who I was, ashamed of my nature, I felt guilty for very normal things. And overall just hated myself and had this much sense of individuality. That was a horrible sentence. Okay, so back in this time, I was in church, and in church you learn about God's laws. You learn about the rules that God has set for us to follow. And what else do you learn? Well, you learn what happens to you when you don't follow those rules. So I'll give you a perfect example. Thou shalt not steal. I think that's perfectly fine. <laughs> I don't really have uh, much to argue against there. But what happens if you steal? Well, there used to be the eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth law. I believe it was the law of Moses, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which is no longer in place, but just as an example... Uh, then you would have something taken from you. And that's kind of on the micro end of things. But what about looking at this through a macro lens? Well, you realize that if you don't follow God's laws, then you will burn for eternity. You will be damned. You will be sent to hell. And you will cry and scream, and pout, and your flesh will melt off, and then regenerate, and melt off all over again, and you'll be pushing a boulder up a volcano for eternity, and it's an infinite volcano. Now, imagine creating somebody, like, Okay, this is the. I always go back to the parent child relationship. The reason why I'm taking these pauses is because I'm just. I'm so excited to be talking about this because of what I thought about last night, but I need to set the stage. So I always relate a parent and a child to our relationship with God. And the thing is, this doesn't work for some people because. They always use the excuse, well, God is perfect and we're not. So obviously your parents aren't perfect and neither is the child. So it's an unfair comparison. But I don't think it is. Because if you're going to tell me that we have a loving father in heaven, and of course this is Christianity, there are other religions that have their own, uh, their own perspectives on deity. But my point is that if you're going to tell me that we have a father in heaven, and you're going to use that word, father, then the best thing that I can do to help understand what that dynamic should look like is by looking at what a healthy father-child dynamic looks like. 
or really just a parent-child dynamic because I think the mother and the father both have the same responsibility to treat their children properly and raise them well and love them. So, and, and really just prepare them to become their own person. I've done videos on this on my Instagram. If you haven't checked out my Instagram, you got to do it. You're most likely here from Instagram because there's like three people that watch this, but <laughs> someday there will be a lot more and maybe you're watching this in the future. And if so, check out my Instagram at the Nolan Void. I make other videos about similar topics, but uh, they're more bite-sized. Okay, so we look at the relationship between a parent and a child. And I always come back to this because it's such a it's such an obvious parallel. So let's say you and your partner make a baby. And the baby pops out of one of you. Hopefully not both of you. That'd be interesting. That's going to be a very odd surgery to put that baby back together. Okay, weird. So you guys... The baby comes out of one of you, right? And from birth, you tell this baby, hey, I have these rules, and I'm not really going to explain why I have these rules, but I have these rules for you to follow. And if you don't follow them, I will torture you. Oh, and also, as soon as the baby's born, you basically write on a note saying, hey, this is your parents. No. You write on a note and you say, hey, these are the rules that I want my child to follow. Boom, 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 boom. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. You must do this at this specific time. You must be here on this day. All these rules for this child to follow. And then you hand this note to your friend and then your friend basically rewrites the note in their own words. And then your friend hands the note to your child and says, Hey, uh, your parents are never going to show their face to you. But this is a note from your parents, I promise, I swear. And these are the rules that they have set for you. I know you didn't ask to be here. I know you didn't ask to be created. I know that it was their choice. And sometimes um, it's an unplanned choice, but that's besides the point. I know that this was your choice, or this was their choice to bring you here. But uh, regardless, welcome. And now you have a set of rules to follow. And if you don't follow them, uh, you will be tortured. Okay, have fun. Oh, and this these are the words of your parents, by the way. Keep this note. Oh, and also, if you don't convince other people to follow the rules on this note that your parents gave to me that I rewrote and gave to you, uh, then you will also be tortured. It's your job to convince everybody else to follow these rules. Okay, bye. So, I mean, come on. Like, Do you not see the parallel here? I know that it comes across as as uh, spiteful. I'm just riled up a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm not necessarily spiteful about it because I don't believe that that God exists. I also don't believe that any parent should ever do what I just explained. However, we're told we are uh, encouraged to believe 
and a God that basically did exactly what I just told you. How fair is that? How loving is that? How benevolent is that? How graceful is that? Now, if you're a Christian and you're watching or listening to this episode, I just want you to bear with me. Um, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but this is my opinion on the matter, and I think that it's messed up. So it is what it is. So I'm bringing this up because you have these laws that God gave you, and that's basically your punishment is you're going to burn forever if you don't follow them. Now, there are different sects of Christianity that believe uh, different versions of this. Some, including the one that I came from, believe that there are different kingdoms. And uh, that's basically a way to still ingrain the hope of heaven for you, even if you're not perfect, but you're going to be in different kingdoms than other people that you know. So if my mom is more righteous than me, she could go to the highest kingdom of glory in heaven and I could go to the lowest and she'll need a hall pass to come see me, which is really sad. Uh, Only the worst people go to hell. It's all the same thing. You're basically going to be living in eternal torment if you don't follow the rules. I just really, that doesn't sit right with me. I cannot imagine doing something like that to one of my children or any of my children. (laughs) And I don't even have children yet. And that's the other thing. I know what you're thinking. Oh, well, you don't have kids yet. So you don't even know what it's like to be a parent. You don't even know what it's like to be responsible for you. Yeah, whatever. Okay, we'll see. We'll see when I have kids. We'll see how things go. The reason why I don't have kids yet is because I'm being as intentional as possible with my parenting. I'm asking these questions ahead of time so that I'm prepared to be a parent. So that I don't screw up my firstborn child because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Now I know that my parents did the best that they could with what they have. And I'm not angry with them. In fact, I think that they are victims of the same conditioning that I was placed under, that I was put through. I think that they're victims of a cult, just like I was. So I don't blame them. But my point is, there are a lot of firstborn children that really get the short end of the stick because their parents don't know what the hell they're doing. And there are going to be many times where I'm scared and I don't know what the hell I'm doing either. And I'm going to make mistakes as a parent. I totally acknowledge that. I do not expect perfection from parents, at least here on earth. But if you're going to tell me that God is perfect, yet I just gave you a parallel of how God is very, very imperfect, the version of God that you're telling me exists, uh, then the two can't exist at the same time. We either have a tyrannical God that is uh, evil and horrible like that, or we have a different God. And so that's what I want to get into next. This idea did not sit well with me for a long time, and it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I left the Mormon church. I was experiencing cognitive dissonance. I'm told that I have a loving, heavenly father, yet I am seeing the complete opposite. I'm told that every good thing that happens to me in my life is a blessing from this benevolent God, yet there were so many other things wrong. And so 
Now, we're going to kind of shelve this idea for a minute. Lately, I've been learning a lot about the laws of the universe when it, in regards to like metaphysics and things like that. So for instance, the most popular one of all, the law of attraction. I've been learning a lot about the law of attraction and not only have I been learning about it, but I've been experimenting with it and implementing it into my own life because I am now at a point where I don't just adopt a belief blindly. I don't adopt a belief because somebody else says I should. I adopt a belief after I have experimented with it firsthand and I'm able to come to a conclusion that I feel is uh, moral and again backed by my personal experience and also backed by the other things that I can observe in the world around me. That's the problem that I have with a lot of organized religion. You're told one thing, but then you observe something totally different at play, and it doesn't match up. So I've been experimenting with the law of attraction, and I have been, I have been experiencing the changes that it's making in my life by implementing it. Now, again, let's table this idea that anything not from the Bible is of the devil, just bear with me for a second because I, I know the argument of, oh, well, it's actually just like Satan giving you worldly success so that you sacrifice your spiritual fulfillment and Satan takes you further away from God through things that aren't from the Bible. And yeah, okay, I've heard it a million times and I've also argued with myself a million times because that's how, that's another way that I come to uh settle into a mode of thought or a belief system is I argue with myself. I come up with every rebuttal that I can think of that somebody else might say, and I work through it. And if it's a fair point, you've heard me say on this podcast many times, yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point. I can understand where you're coming from. I like to acknowledge the other side of the argument because Doing that doesn't invalidate my point. In fact, it just shows that I'm more open-minded and I'm willing to accept when there is something that is true, regardless of if it aligns with my point or not. So I try to be as fair as I can. But the law of attraction is working wonders in my life. Miracles, I could say. And it's very interesting to me that it's called the law of attraction. Because what is a law? A law is a set of rules imposed on or accepted by somebody with an attached reward and consequence. I'm not uh, Merriam-Webster, so I don't know if that's the exact definition. I kind of just pulled that out of my ass, but I think that it was a pretty decent explanation of what a law is. So a law is a set of rules imposed on or accepted by somebody that has attached consequences and rewards. So it's called the law of attraction. And I started thinking about this last night. There are other laws uh, in, you know, relating to like metaphysics and esoteric knowledge Things like the law of synchronicity, the law of correspondence, 
and even a law that I am discovering for myself that I haven't heard of before called the Law of Inquisition. And I want to talk more about that. But I'm thinking about these laws, and I find it interesting that they're called laws, and they're typically referred to as laws of the universe. Now, I don't know if there's a separation between God and the universe. I don't know. I, I would like to believe that there is a divine intelligence, which is God, that is also, the universe is the, the embodiment of this divine consciousness. Does that make sense? So you have the intangible spiritual essence of God or divine consciousness, and the universe is the physical manifestation of that. The universe is the hologram that is projected by this consciousness. And I don't mean hologram as in nothing is tangible. It just means that everything is an illusion. This glass is an illusion because if you zoom in far enough, all you're going to see is a bunch of particles vibrating. We've talked about this before. It's an illusion. It's not that it's not real. It's just not what it seems. This is just water, by the way. I've been acting kind of like loopy today, but it's just water, I swear. So, um, let's roll with this idea that God is real in some sense and is divine consciousness, okay? Let's just roll with this idea that God is the universe and the universe is God, okay? Bear with me. If you have a law of the universe, like the law of attraction, then that does mean that God has laws or that God is law of some sort. I, I don't know how to really explain this, but for a long time, because of my upbringing and because I was really trying to deconstruct my beliefs and my religion and discover my beliefs for myself through my own personal experience and the things that I can observe directly, I started to reject this idea that there were specific laws that we had to follow or else we would be damned. We would burn forever. I actually, I rejected that notion very quickly. I think very early on in my childhood, it was just hard for me to really conceptualize it. And so I was experiencing this cognitive dissonance where I knew that something was off. I knew that I was being told one thing, but it was actually another way. I just couldn't really distill that into uh, a phrase or a sentence or a concrete, tangible belief. But I know that I've pretty much always rejected that idea. So, but, but does God have laws for us to follow? Well, you have the law of attraction, which is essentially the idea that instead of, instead of trying to shape your reality by doing a bunch of external things, instead of looking for meaning outside of yourself, instead of working longer hours, working harder, trying to make more money, instead of outwardly showing that you really want somebody's attention to get them to love you because you want love. Instead, learning to master yourself and create reality from within. The essence of the law of attraction is that your external reality is just a reflection of your inward state. 
You don't manifest what you want. You manifest what you are. That's the essence of the law of attraction. What about the law of inquisition? This law that I am uh, coining that term for because I haven't heard it anywhere else and I think it's really powerful. The law of inquisition dictates how spiritual progress is made. Now, there are metaphysical and physical manifestations of this law at play, for instance. An inquisition obviously means to question. To inquire is to question. So, if you look at a scan of someone's brain when they give an answer to something or when they assume the answer to something, their brain is very dormant. There's not a whole lot going on. But if you look at the scan whenever somebody asks a question, your brain lights up like a Christmas tree. All of these different cortexes of your brain light up and new neuronal pathways are created. Your brain literally expands when you ask questions. And anything that you see in the physical is just a tangible version of what's happening spiritually. So, and I don't mean anything, like we naturally die. Just because you die doesn't mean that your spirit is disintegrating. But overall, if you look at, if, if I ask a question and my brain is lighting up, what's happening to me spiritually? I'm also opening myself up and I'm becoming receptive to divine knowledge. New pathways are created in your brain. Well, a new pathway is created from me to the source energy, divine consciousness. So this law of inquisition states that in order for you to make any measurable progress in your life and in past lives and in the lives to come, it requires deep questioning. When you ask a question, you are opening yourself up for growth. So this law of inquisition really boils down to one simple phrase. That's my dog. Okay, uh, there were some kids that were out on my neighbor's porch, just random kids, and they were like dicking around with their trash can and like just hooping and hollering and being really rambunctious. And I've never seen them before. Uh, and apparently Luna hasn't either. And she was like, you're not supposed to be here. So I'm going to howl at you. And she was justified. They were up to some no good. So here's what I was saying. Um, this law of inquisition really boils down to just one simple phrase. And that phrase is question everything. If you want a better life, question everything. If you want to know what true happiness feels like, question everything. If you want to transcend your current state, question everything. So I was thinking about these laws 
And then I asked myself this question. Okay, so if these are God's laws, if these are the laws of the universe, let's just say for a moment that the laws that we are given in the Bible and you know any of these other spiritual texts, what if these aren't actually God's laws? What if God's laws are these more esoteric metaphysical laws that you can observe through science, but also through other means. And so you have the law of attraction, the law of correspondence, the law of inquisition. What if these are God's laws? Okay, so if these are God's laws, do we have to follow them? If we don't follow them, what happens? Because remember, laws are a set of rules that have a reward and a consequence attached. So traditionally, the reward is eternal life and the consequence is eternal damnation. Okay, so does that apply here? Halfway. That's my answer. Halfway. I do believe that the consequence for not observing learning about, experimenting with, and living by these universal laws or these God's laws, I believe that that does result in damnation, but not permanently. This is where I think a lot of religion has got it wrong. What does a dam do? A dam stops something. Most of the time it's water. So if water is dammed, it is stopped from progressing. It cannot make any more progress. If you are dammed, does that mean that you are in this physical location where there are spouts of fire and your skin is melting off and uh, the Lord of Lies is sitting up there on a throne uh, on a throne doing the ha 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 like is that what it means to be damned or does it simply mean that you are no longer making progress because that's what a dam does to water and as i'm sure you can imagine the dams that we build are not permanent every dam that we have built so far will break someday So every dam that we create is impermanent. We create dams for ourselves, and they are impermanent. Damnation is impermanent by choice. Now, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moral implications of this idea. For instance, people that uh, commit the worst of crimes, the people that do absolutely unfathomable things to other humans, other animals, to themselves. What happens to these people? Do they not deserve to burn for eternity? No. I don't think so. Do I think that they deserve to suffer in this life for causing that suffering for other people? Totally. Totally. Um, the death penalty is even something that I'm like, ah, oh, man, there are some times where it's like pretty obvious what should be done about this. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. That's not my call to make. 
But yes, I totally believe that there should be punishment for doing absolutely horrible things. There's always a natural punishment regardless. But we'll, we'll get there in a second. So does damnation exist and do you have to follow God's laws? I don't think that you have to follow these laws. But if you don't, you will be in a state of hell. So I've, I think I've talked about before how I don't believe that heaven is a place that you go to after this life. I don't believe that hell is a place that you go to after this life. I believe that heaven and hell are created in this moment. People spend their whole lives living for this People spend their whole lives living for what comes after, that they never actually live in the moment. People are so concerned about whether they're going to heaven or hell that they don't even realize that they can live in heaven or in hell right now, right here. You can be so scared of going to hell when you die that you are creating a hell for yourself right now. The only moment that exists is the present. The past is unchangeable and the future doesn't even exist. Everything is right now. And if you're spending all of your time thinking about what's going to happen when you die, you're missing the point. Heaven is real. Hell is real. But they're not places that you're sentenced to for eternity based off of a small 80 years of choices. In, in a spiritual timeline, 80 years is nothing. We all know it. We have this sense of eternity, of infinity. The reason why we care so much about what happens to us when we die is because we know that there's something Now, some atheists would argue that it's actually just our fear of there being nothing that we conjure up an idea of something being after this life. There's no way for you to know. If you do figure it out, give me a call. But my point is that heaven is a state of being and you can live in heaven right now. You don't have to wait. So what is heaven? Because we know what hell is, right? Hell is damnation or the halting of progress. So you are not making any more progress. What is heaven? Well, uh, heaven, I believe, is living in heaven is to create reality and exist on a high vibration. You have high vibrational thoughts, feelings, actions. High vibe feelings, peace, love, joy, those are like at the very top of the spectrum, right? When you feel genuine peace, genuine love, genuine joy, like the top of your head is like buzzing. Your crown chakra is like, boom, this is your connection to the divine. It's as, it's as transcendent as we can get in this life as far as we know. 
is existing on this high vibration where you're feeling these high vibe feelings. Now, that doesn't mean that you ignore the low vibrational feelings. Those are natural. You have to accept those and let go of them and move on. But I believe that that is what heaven is, is the ability to create infinitely and relish in those high vibrational feelings. I was going to just leave it at high vibe and then I decided to finish the word and it kind of sounded funky. High vibrational feelings. And not just feelings, but a state of being. You almost become a being that is vibrating at a high frequency. That's heaven. You can have that right now. But how? How? You should look into the law of attraction. How? There are these laws that I have been learning about that I was never taught in church never taught in school that are changing my life and I can feel it happening. My, the, the frequency that my body is vibrating at is different than it was just months ago. I'm able to accomplish so much more now than I ever could. I'm literally working like 24-7 and I'm not even exhausted it's a little overwhelming sometimes, but like my energy levels are there and I'm not even sleeping the best. I can't imagine how I would feel if my sleep was like top notch. I have this energy about me that is just different. And if you're watching this and you know me and you've you know, known me for years, then I'm sure that you would agree. And the people that are still in my life are literally on the same path. They're learning about these laws of the universe, these real, tangible, observable laws of God, and they're applying them to their life, and they are making progress. They're not just stuck, stagnant with this belief system that's been handed to them that's stagnant and unchanging, and there's nothing more to explore about it. They are constantly learning and applying these new discoveries into their life and watching it work miracles. So then you ask yourself, well, what is the grace of God? What if the grace of God is not God sending a version of himself down to earth to sacrifice himself to himself? Which just doesn't, like, you ask for clarification, you dig into how that all works, and nobody can give you a straight answer, it's so confusing. What if the grace of God lies in the fact that we can always choose to undam ourselves and move forward? What if somebody, what if the grace of God is in that somebody could do the utmost horrific things in this life? And even if they botch this opportunity, when their soul receives another chance, at mortality, they can choose differently, they can do better, they can learn about these laws, they can implement them, and they can raise their vibration, they can enlighten the collective consciousness, they can contribute to our evolution as a species and as spirits. What if the grace of God lies in our 
the gift that we've been given to always do better. And it's that simple. Guys, does this not make more sense? Does this not make more sense? Instead of having these ambiguous laws that are always changing because every church has their own interpretation of what's right and what's wrong. Some churches think you need to wear jean skirts. Some churches think you can't drink coffee. Some churches think it's fine to drink alcohol as long as you go to mass. Like, come on, guys. Do we not see the problem here? We're all arguing about the same belief system that's been shattered into a million different versions. What if God does have laws, but there are evil, horrible people that have taken this as an opportunity to gain control over you for their own personal benefit? And this has been happening for centuries, thousands of years, eons, this has been happening, where we learn a divine truth and some jackass comes along and uses it for their own personal gain and uses it to keep people down and control them. You see this happen everywhere. Again, for the millionth time, it's not just religion. You see this in politics. You see this in education. You have these people that take something that is true and they twist it and they use it to control you. You are so scared of going to hell that you don't realize you're creating a hell for yourself right now. You're so scared of the devil trying to convince you to do bad things that you don't realize that the reason why you're stuck and the reason why you do bad things is because you lack awareness and you prioritize your comfort over enlightenment. You're not willing to sit through that discomfort long enough to really understand something and come to learn something new. We're focused on the wrong thing. God does have laws. The universe does have laws. You're not, you're not going to burn for eternity if you don't follow them, but you sure as hell won't progress. I'm so passionate about this because it's a connection that I really hope someday I can refine and define and use to bridge the gap between this realm that I'm in and the realm that I used to be in, which is Christianity. I really hope that just one person that's watching or listening to this that is currently religious, Christian especially, because that's just what I'm familiar with. It's what I know. I'm hoping that just one Christian person is listening to this or watching this and it clicks. It, and they go, whoa, wait, that actually makes sense. And they pay attention to that feeling. Maybe it's discomfort. Maybe they feel uncomfortable because it threatens your entire reality or what you think is your reality. It threatens your entire belief system. It threatens everything you've been told by almost everybody in your life. And you're worried that if you listen to this idea, if you even consider it, that you'll be punished. Why are you so afraid? What are you afraid of? God? You're afraid of the one that made you? I'm not doing this to insult my creator. Nothing about what I do is intended to insult my maker. Everything that I do is intended to 
become the best version of myself because I think, if anything, that's how you honor God. If you have one and one trillion shot of being created and there's no God at all and it was all just evolution, then this still applies. But if you want to honor God, ask questions. That's the only way that you're going to really become the best version of you. That's how you say thanks for creating me, God. Thank you. But people miss it. Oh, God created me so that I could worship him. What? What? What are you talking about? What parent has a child just so that the child can say, you're such a great parent. I love you. You're awesome. You're awesome. I'll do anything you say. That is so sick and twisted and sad. I do not believe that divinity would create for a reason as selfish as that. I'm going to leave it at that because I could go on for a lot longer and I think it's okay to get really passionate about things like this and that's what I just did and now I'm just my mind is reeling and there's so much more that I could say but I don't know if there's any more that I need to say right now I think that I've asked enough questions for the purpose of this episode. The feeling that I have right now is tingly, it's energetic. I really think that I've just stumbled into a new realm of possibility where religious and non-religious people may be able to unite. Maybe everything that I just said was complete bullshit, bogus, hogwash. But maybe it wasn't. There is a ridiculously complex series of events that has led me to this moment saying exactly what I'm saying. And I'd like to believe that that is inspired by some divine consciousness. But maybe I really am just a puppet of the devil. I know what I believe about that. But what do you believe? And why do you believe it? Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.